Today is Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. Hunter Biden's lawyer says three more legal bombshells loom for Donald Trump. What does he know that we don't? Bombshell report claims that Joe Biden's White House ordered the raid on Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence. Julie Kelly joins the show to talk about 40 undercover agents in the January 6th crowd. Oh, baby, you knew it. Fed direction confirmed. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. I come from the state of Iowa. I talk about it a lot. If you're from farm country like I am, you know that the quality of your meat is very, very important. That is why I want to make sure that the meat that I am grilling and giving to my family comes from the small family farms like the one that I was raised on. You can save the American family farm by ordering from Moink today. Moink delivers grass-fed, grass-finished beef and lamb, pasteurized pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Check this out. This is what they sent me just this last weekend. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did, and as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should. It tastes like it was raised naturally and that it ate grass or it ate the seeds that it's supposed to eat and it wasn't driven through one of these Walmart operations eating sludge and it's delicious. Look at that meat sizzle on the grill, baby. It's delicious. It's so good and I'm very, very choosy about what I feed my family. Keep American farmers going by signing up with Moink Box today slash Benny right now. M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Benny. Moinkbox.com. Baby, we are going to get into the meat and potatoes of today's show. Let's go. What do we have here? A very interesting situation where Democrats have realized that they can use Donald Trump as a weapon. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that Donald Trump is a major motivator for people like you and I, but is also a major motivator when Donald Trump isn't on the menu. What do I mean by that? When Donald Trump was not running for president or any office at all in the 2022 midterms, Joe Biden and his team, we have now learned, were directly responsible for rigging the midterm elections. Now, how do you rig something? Well, you ensure that you start a national conversation right up to the point of the election about the person you wish to have everyone talking about. And that person was not Joe Biden. Let me repeat. That person was not the guy who had 30 or 29% approval rating, who just slaughtered Americans in Afghanistan, who had out of control, rampant inflation, who's sacrificing all of American hegemony to China. That's not the man who has dementia, who craps his pants going up and down stairs of Air Force One. That's not the guy they wanted you to talk about. They wanted you to talk about Orange Man. Now, a lot of people in America love Orange Man, and a lot of people in America have Trump derangement syndrome, full-blown case of TDS. It benefited the Democrat Party to not talk about the person who was actually on the menu. The person who was actually on the menu was Joe Biden and his failed policies. Joe Biden had a Democrat Senate, a Democrat House. Do you think that America got better in the first two years of Joe Biden's presidency? <laughs> if you do, then I have a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you, Stevie Wonder. You know, you can go all the way back to Jen Psaki. Sweet, sweet peppermint patty. Sweet Chucky. We miss her oh so very much. She now has a mewling show on MSNBC. Very... Uh, a a, a very unfortunate name called Inside of Jen Psaki. Nonetheless, Jen Psaki started her press rounds. She had left the White House. She started her press rounds before the midterms describing the tactic of making Donald Trump the number one thing on the top of the ballot, even though Donald Trump wasn't wondering, how are they going to do it? How are they going to do this? Trump was chilling at Mar-a-Lago. He announced he's running for president. He was doing an event here and there, but he was golfing most of the time. Jen Psaki, ladies and gentlemen, describing the Democrats' strategy for the 2022 midterm elections. Oh, by the way, Donald Trump is still the, pre- in some ways, not he's not the president of the United States, in his mind he may be, but in terms of his dominance over the news cycle, the yeah. multiple swirling investigations have made him a figurehead in, yeah. in, in the Republican Party and in national politics. Well, nothing's more of a driving and an uh, excitement factor like Donald Trump for Democrats, right? I mean, they love to be opposed to him because they are um, independents. Many are don't want to see another reign of Trump. And uh, the more he engages in the race, the more he puts himself out there, the more it's a reminder of what's at stake to people. And having Trump on the ballot is a hugely energizing factor in a lot of these races. So Jen Psaki's a liar, but she was not lying there. That's empirically true. 
having Donald Trump on the ballot. Now, this is crazy. It's crazy listening to Jen Psaki say this. What did Jen Psaki know? And when did she know it? Because she was saying that in the summer of 22, when Joe Biden was standing to lose 50 seats in the House, lose the Senate, get a, like veto proof majorities. I mean, it's like wild. It was like going to be a bloodbath. How did they stop the red wave? How do they motivate their voters to get out and vote for the equivalent of a flaming pile of dog crap on the front porch? Why would you have ever elected Democrats in the 2022 midterms? Nothing was going well. Ladies and gentlemen, we now know that Joe Biden ordered the raid at Mar-a-Lago. Look at this, ladies and gentlemen, from today. Joe Biden had a direct hand in the raid on Mar-a-Lago. The raiding of Mar-a-Lago is, of course, something that got Donald Trump right back into the news cycle, rocketed him to the front of the news cycle. Now, part of it is that they understand that shows like mine and you are going to care a lot about the impeachment or persecution or prosecution of Donald Trump. He's our boy. He's somebody we care a lot about. He's a vestige for the things that we value in life. He represents us and a lot of our worldview. And so when they raid him, they're like raiding you. Now they're aware of that. And so as soon as they did this, they knew that they would get Donald Trump to the top of the news cycle, that Donald Trump would become the number one issue that Republicans would have to run on, even though Donald Trump wasn't on the ballot. Now, it is electoral reality that you wish if you want to actually influence your base to run, you got to put a boogeyman, you got to dangle a boogeyman out in front of them. And Donald Trump for the left is that boogeyman. All of us know somebody with TDS. All of us can flip on the TV and see someone with TDS, full-blown TDS. Now, why is this an important story? Well, because one, this proves election rigging. Two, this proves that the Department of Justice was weaponized in order to create now a news cycle. Donald Trump, of course, has the plenary power to keep classified documents. Donald Trump can keep any classified document he wants. That all emanates from the president. This is why Joe Biden's in trouble for this and Barack Obama is not. Or George W. Bush is not. They're the damn president. They can get their sticky fingers on anything they want. That's just how it works in our society. Joe Biden, knowing that this would look really, really bad, denied straight up that the White House had any involvement. Here's where the impeachment's going to come in. Watch this. The FBI is uh, serving search warrant on the former president's residence in Florida. Uh, was the president or anyone at the White House aware of that search warrant? Or has, has anyone at the White House or the president been briefed in the aftermath of that search warrant being executed? No. The president was not briefed, did not, was not aware of it. No, no one at the White House was given uh, a heads up. No, that did not happen. Is the White House at all concerned, uh, given the domestic political climate, but also the signal that it sends to the rest of the world that the Department of Justice carried out this sort of operation on a former president, that it could even be create the, uh, the appearance of uh, politically uh, motivated prosecution? So first off, and you've heard us say this many times at this podium, you've heard the president say this, uh, the Justice Department conducts investigations independently, and we leave any law enforcement matters to them. Uh, it would not be appropriate for us to comment on any ongoing investigations. I can say that President Biden has been unequivocal since the campaign. He believes in the rule of law, in the independence of, Justice of the Justice Department investigations, that those investigations should be free from political influence. And he has held that commitment as president. Okay, so hold on here just a second. Let me get this straight. So the White House has denied having anything to do with this raid. And, you know, very, very curiously, this raid happened, of course, at the absolute 90 day threshold, as close to an election as they can possibly put it. Check this out. This from Business Insider. The timing of Mar-a-Lago's raid, the 90 day policy the FBI has on following when it raided Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. Ladies and gentlemen, the FBI raided at the 91 day before the election mark. In case you're wondering if this was coordinated, if this is all a manufactured and coordinated attack in order to rig your elections, check this out. Directly at the 90 day mark, FBI raid on Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home on Monday. The timing was in line with a policy the DOJ has of not taking certain steps within 90 days before an election. 
A memo from AG Merrick Garland surfaced in G- uh, July reiterating the high-level approval the DOJ officials have to get for politically sensitive investigations. They waited till the last day, as close as they possibly could to the election, because they knew this would be multiple news cycles with Donald Trump in order to make sure that they made these wires as hot as they possibly could right before the elections. Biden himself denied this. Biden himself said, oh, I had nothing to do with it. They know what they're doing here. It would be wrong to think that our enemies were stupid. That is a big mistake that you make when you're fighting a battle. They know what they're doing here. They did this on purpose. They wanted to wire and rig the midterm elections in order for Democrats to get as, well, to to overperform because they had nothing to vote for. And sure enough, they certainly did not get the red wave. That is empirically clear. The, the red wave did not happen. They were able to motivate their base to get out. Joe Biden, of course, denying what we, well, now has been reported to be true. Another lie from Joe Biden. Watch. Mr. President, how much advance notice did you have of the FBI's plan to search Mar-a-Lago? I didn't have any advance notice. None. Zero. Not one single bit. Thank you. So not one single bit. Nothing. Zero. Nada. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Breitbart article, Joe Biden's administration was involved in the raid on former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence from a special access request, according to the documents obtained from the National Archives by America First Legal. On August 8th, 2022, the Federal Bureau of Investigation raided Mar-a-Lago on the grounds of retrieving alleged classified documents. According to the establishment media, the Biden administration was stunned. But documents show that the FBI obtained access to the records through a special access request from the Biden White House on behalf of the DOJ, contradicting what they had told the American people. Notably, despite the archives claim that they had not been involved in the DOJ investigation, the documents show that the archives official response administered all access requests to the presidential records was involved in prepping the 15 boxes for FBI review. So now you have a smoking gun here. You officially have the smoking gun for the Biden White House fiddling around inside of this raid of Donald Trump. And ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what Trump team said at the time. Eric Trump saying, make no mistake, this did not happen without Joe Biden's explicit approval. Biden ordered this raid on his number one political enemy. Go. But but this is the system. And make no mistake, Jesse, I mean, I, I know the White House as well as anyone. I spent a lot of time there. I know the system. This did not happen without Joe Biden's explicit approval. The White House approved of this. Mark mark my words, Jesse, it will come out. I, I love you see the press secretary out there today. We had no knowledge of this at all. Give me a break. A field office wouldn't take, you know, they, they wouldn't even think about doing this without the sign off of the president of the United States. This is raiding one of the most famous houses on planet Earth. One of the most famous people, probably the most famous person on planet Earth. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to put up something we put up virtually every single show. It's the Marco Polo report on Joe Biden's laptop. This is a independent investigation by former law enforcement officials and researchers looking into the Biden crimes publicly available on top of and inside of Hunter Biden's laptop. Inside of this report, you find 450 verifiable federal laws broken by the Biden family in clear view. These are some of the most, these are some mundane laws like accounting errors. That's what they're going to charge Donald Trump with 300 years in prison. You see in New York, these are also some very severe laws like human trafficking and FARA violations, foreign agent registry violations. These are some of the biggest crimes you can commit. Now, you haven't heard anything, anything about the investigations into Hunter Biden, have you? You've heard nothing about investigations into Joe Biden, have you? It has been simply a steady drumbeat of Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. Being ratcheted right back up with the arrest last week. And they will continue because that is the strategy. The strategy is to keep Donald Trump in the news. Now, was that was their strategy in 2016. That didn't work out great for them, but they've wised up now. Now they have full control 
over the judiciary and the weaponized Department of Justice, and they're going to go and leverage that directly against Donald Trump. According to a report, three more legal bombshells loom for Donald Trump over the next few weeks. Hunter Biden's sugar brother attorney claims in text, what does he know that we do not? This is from the Daily Mail. The Daily Mail writes that the man who pays for Hunter Biden's bills, all of his legal bills, nobody's quite sure why Kevin Morris, the dumbass lawyer from Hollywood, total creep, uh, is essentially saying that Donald Trump's going to have three more major legal bombshells. But we do know that Donald Trump will be traveling up to New York breaking this morning uh, again this week to answer questions uh, about another investigation into his business. Don't you worry if you miss the Trump news, there'll be three more over the next few weeks, Morris wrote. Uh, we know this is an exchange about Donald Trump's arrest. Hunter Biden's lawyer claimed there would be three more in text messages with a right-wing nonprofit about Donald Trump's arrest. The heated exchange came between the hotshot Hollywood attorney Kevin Morris and a researcher working with the conservative think tank Marco Polo, which raised questions over the first son's legal team to know about prosecutors' plans against the former president. So that's very interesting. The news comes as Morris sued Marco Polo and his founder, former Trump White House staffer Garrett Ziegler, in a Los Angeles court last week for allegedly harassment, invasion of privacy, and criminal impersonation over the nonprofit's investigation of Hunter Biden's laptop. See, got it? Report, true thing, get sued. So Kevin Morris has been paying off Hunter Biden's taxes. Nobody's quite sure why this is happening. Maybe the guy likes crack. I don't know. I'm not sure. I know that Hunter Biden has an enormous amount of crack cocaine. Uh, Hunter Biden knows how to purchase guns and lie on his federal Knicks forms and somehow stay out of prison. It's incredible. He's the magic man. I guess it'd be important to have someone like that around if you yourself are a scumbag uh, greaseball lawyer. Uh, this is the lawyer for Hunter Biden reaching into his own pocketbooks and paying off Hunter Biden's taxes. Not normal, actually, in the legal profession. And now they find out Hunter was selling access to anybody. If you want an access pass to the Biden family, all you have to do is be Hunter's sugar brother, pay off his taxes so he can blow his cash on vacations to Hawaii. You think we're kidding or not? Hunter's sugar brother, Kevin Morris, paid off $2 million in Hunter's IRS debt. You think the guy's just being nice? No. Tush money. The media went after Trump for settling with Stormy Daniels for 135000 They claimed it was hush money to win an election, but Trump would have paid off the woman anyway, whether he was running or not. But someone pays the president's family $2 million in tax bills before an election. How is that not hush money? How is that not a campaign finance crime? How indeed? Really an important question ladies and gentlemen. And it's so corrupt, in fact, the Hunter Biden legal team. And again, where are the prosecutions? Where are the Republican attorney generals? Where are the district attorneys? Hunter Biden was flying all over the country, smoking crack all over the country, buying illegal firearms all over the country. He did this kind of stuff inside of red states. He did this kind of stuff in Texas and in Florida. The Bidens had a compound in Florida. Did you know this? That a compound in Florida, the president's brother, Jim Biden, was doing dirty business down here, trying to sell his services to a healthcare company in Florida. What the hell are the charges? Apparently, if these people step foot in or smoke a crack pipe in your state, well, the new rule is that you can then charge them. So let's get going, Republicans. Chop, chop. It is a nightmare for Hunter Biden's legal team. Hunter Biden's lawyers have been quitting in mass something that they don't want you to know because his legal defense is such a disaster, mainly because of this Kevin Morris sleaze bag. Hunter Biden's lawyer ha lawyers have been fleeing his defense. Watch their investigations into Hunter. Now, it looks like Hunter's pricey legal team is beginning to crack. According to leaks, Hunter's sugar brother, Kevin Morris, you know, the guy who paid off two million dollars in Hunter's back taxes, has been clashing with Levy and Hunter's sugar brother went out looking for a plan B. So they brought in the big guns. The attorney Democrats run to when they're in deep doo-doo. Abe Lowell, whose first order of business was firing off a blizzard of frivolous legal threats to everybody. 
But Levy, the guy who just quit, thought thought was a terrible idea. And he warned Hunter it would be a PR stunt, which it came off as. But Hunter and his sugar brother didn't listen to him. They're sticking together. Sugar brothers stick together. And they told him to take a hike and he's out. Now, say what you want about lawyers, but they're not dumb. And they know when to get out. So when to get out, ladies and gentlemen, when indeed. Well, there is a major reason to get out of New York. Donald Trump will have to head back to New York this week. Trump circus coming back to the Big Apple. Former president could return to New York this week to be grilled by Letitia James, another person who ran on indicting Donald Trump. In order to counter that, the Republicans are having a hearing inside of Manhattan at a federal courthouse across the street from where they arrested Donald Trump, having a hearing among the victims of Alvin Bragg. Former President Donald Trump is expected to be in New York, back in court on Thursday. Outlets, including ABC News, reported this on Monday. Uh, James's, this is Letitia James's $250 million civil fraud suit. James filed a civil fraud suit against Trump and three of his adult children, Don, Eric, and Ivanka, accusing them of fraud by overhauling assets to secure loans and undervaluing them on tax documents. Well, if that's fraud, well, then let me tell you what. Every single business uh, man and woman in America, is all they're all going to jail in New York. James, a Democrat, wants to bar all four Trumps from serving as executives at companies in the state of New York. New York Post reported that Trump plans to plead the fifth during Thursday's sit-down. But Republicans are not taking the sitting down. They will be having a hearing inside of New York. Jim Jordan stating just that. He is really, really pissing off uh, members of the New York Democrat delegation here. Watch. And e even the facts and figures and stats about Alvin Bragg's DA's office reveal that that's not the case. So we're coming up there to talk to the victims, the people who've been impacted by this crazy left wing ideology that says we're not going to put bad guys, people who do harmful things to other Americans, we're not going to put them in jail and then bad things happen. We're going to talk to those families and we're not just going to go to New York. We're going to go to other cities. I've talked to our subcommittee crime, uh, crime subcommittee chairman, uh, Congressman Biggs. He'll be there with us. He wants to go to other cities and do the same thing. But it is that critical because Alvin Bragg, as you know, is going after President Trump when you have all kinds of things happening in his town that are harmful to families who live there. Get out of New York. Get out of blue cities. You know, the Democrats just selected Chicago to be the place where the DNC convention is held. Chicago. They're going there. I mean, listen, that's just straight up suicidal. Chicago elected a radical progressive uh, just last week. You can say, <laughs> say what you will, but I have a opinion on all of this, which is let them burn. You know, I like have nostalgia for Chicago. It's where I celebrated my engagement to my wife. I'm from the Midwest. I have a lot of family and friends around there. I have a lot of warm memories in Chicago. But, you know, this world is temporal. And sometimes you got to let places burn. You got to let places reap the consequences of their own actions. And the more power and the more profit and the more productivity that gets drained out of Chicago, the less powerful it is. The more that it goes to places like the Sun Belt. Or to states that you perhaps live in. Do you live in Illinois? Or do you live in like the sun? Do you live in Georgia, Alabama, Florida? These are the places that are getting huge amounts of population. And that is going to flip and turn around, given the census, into more power for the South. More power for red states. People are going to flee the corruption and the depravity of these places. And it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. They don't want police. That's fine. You don't need police if you don't have any people. You don't, have, you don't need police if you don't have any places to police, if you have no, nothing of value inside of your city. And so good on them. Good on them. They elected Brandon Johnson, whatever, just like psychotic progressive. This guy immediately ran out there and said he's going to freeze all police funding. He's going to send counselors and people with doodle notebooks to go counsel the criminals, fine. You know what? The more power these blue cities have, these corrupt, rigged blue cities have, the more they can destroy a good state. Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, these are red states that have little blue dots in them, and those blue dots are able to swing the entire state. They're able to throw 40, 50, 60-some-odd electoral votes into the Democrats' pot. 
every single election. Rob them of power. Delete their power. Eliminate it. Good riddance. Burn. Sad for me to say it because there are good people who live there and I have good memories in these places, but got to let them burn. You have to feel the consequences of your own actions. Anyone, anyone who's been a parent understands that. Anyone who's been a parent understands. You must have consequences to bad things that are that you do. You know, it doesn't go on forever. So, unfortunate. But ladies and gentlemen, you gotta let them burn. Speaking of letting places burn, man, will you hear what the FBI has been doing inside of your church? Combating uh, your own congregation. Yikes. But first, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of breaking news. A lot of news that is required to have very, very, very confident cell phone service. That is why I trust Patriot Mobile with my cell phone service inside of my personal life and also with my company. America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks. You can get the best possible service in your area. Plus, they offer a coverage guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch. Patriot Mobile supports our business. We're very, very active in this business. We're out in the field a lot. We're moving all over the place. We love their coverage. You can do this by knowing that you are supporting a free market, free speech, sanctity of life, Second Amendment supporting company. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service will make switching easy. You can get free activation today with the offer code Betty. Stand together and support companies that share our values more than ever. PatriotMobile.com slash Benny. PatriotMobile.com slash Benny. Also, don't buy Bud Light. Don't have a beer sponsor, but don't buy Bud Light. <laughs> The FBI sought to develop sources inside of Catholic churches to combat domestic terrorism, documents show. Huh? What the hell? Wait, so the FBI is now spying inside of church congregations? Do you go to church? The FBI sees the individuals who attend mass, the individuals who attend church, they see Christians and Christianity as a threat. Why? It's very simple. It is the oldest possible Destruction of the human soul. Ladies and gentlemen, from the earliest days of humanity, the lie has been told that if you defy God and if you just bet on you, yourself, your own power, your own wisdom, either biting into an apple into, in a garden or building a tower of Babel, if you bet on your own wisdom and your own genius, that you yourself will become God. That you can attain the power of changing, well, reality itself. Your own gender. The rules that govern nature. Remember, Barack Obama told us that if we elected him, he'd lower the, lower the ocean. That was a doozy. So you can make for yourself a utopia. That has always been the lie. That is the lie from a warped demon it is sick. It has always infested the human heart. You shouldn't be shocked at it right now. And you certainly shouldn't be shocked that the amoral atheists who run the federal government inside of a cabal that exists outside of the democratic process, you shouldn't be shocked at all that those individuals subscribe to that because they act as though they are God. And it's very, very tough. This is why they embrace the radical gender ideologies. This is why they embrace radical atomization of the individual, they promise you absolute personal freedom, which is a lie, of course. Freedom is slavery. That's the first line out of 1984's George Orwell's 1984. Freedom is slavery. What do they mean by that? Well, because if you're absolutely free to behave in any way that you possibly want, well, that's just tyranny, actually. When there are no rules that govern man, that's just tyranny. That's not liberty. Liberty is structured order that allows for human flourishing. What they're offering you is slavery. And it's become clear more and more to the very day that the same Justice Department that went after parents who wanted to be involved in their children's schooling is now going to go after Christians. This has been promised to us. This is normal. This is demonic, demonic fallen, hedonistic natures. So you shouldn't be necessarily scared of it, but it is real. And they're doing it, baby. 
The FBI recently sought to develop sources inside of the Catholic Church and the Christian diocese, the Christian Church and Catholic diocese, forgive me, correction there, as part of an effort to combat domestic terrorism, according to internal documents released by the House Judiciary Committee on Monday. The internal documents obtained last month by the House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan and Mike Johnson who are members of the Weaponization Committee, showed the FBI planned to use churches as a new avenue to tripwire and source development. Federal law enforcement agencies also aimed to specifically target mainline Catholic parishes as part of its effort. Have you ever heard them going after the mainlines for Antifa? Have they put any tripwires inside of the radical trans organizations? You know, these, you know, like the guy who was just nabbed in Colorado was a transgender, would be mass shooter. He had Donald Trump's name on his hit list. The killings in Nashville, the slaughterings in Nashville was a targeted attack, a hate crime against Christians. It's now three weeks old. Where the hell is the manifesto? Where? They don't want to release it. Trust me, if it had been somebody who was, you know, part of the Aryan Brotherhood or someone who had attacked a church because it was a urban church. Trust me, if this had been some type of Confederate flag waving Dylan Roof situation, man, it'd be smacked. It'd be a, a label put on every cereal box, that manifesto. But nope. We have a shooter, clearly mentally ill, unstable somebody who had been weaponized and radicalized the way the terrorists are. And this person attacked a church. And we still don't know why. Of course we know why. They're keeping it from us. And now, in order to add further salt in the wound and insult to injury, they're going after the churches. Because, of course, you're the radical. Of course, you're the terrorist. Noticing that you're under attack makes you the enemy. Ooh, ooh, it is evil personified. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Jordan going beast mode. They were looking, the FBI in the Richmond field office was looking to put sources in churches, have informants in Catholic parishes. That's what they were looking to do. Someone needs to give them a lesson in the First Amendment. This memorandum that they put together that we now have, a, uh, now have this memorandum talks about doing just that. And it was signed off on by two senior analysts and the chief division counsel there. How can a lawyer sign off on something like, and frankly, but for the whistleblower, I don't know that this wouldn't still be going on. And this thing was sent out to all the other field offices. Now, stop and think for a second. Yesterday was probably more Americans in church than any other day of the year. The day we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. More millions of Americans going to church. Now, what if this FBI thing would have been carried out? There would be people in the church spying on fellow parishioners, fellow fellow churchgoers. That, that's what they were looking to do. That's how scary this is, what they've done to the First Amendment. And when you put it in context... Remember, the FTC a few weeks ago, we learned, was asking a private company, who are the journalists you're talking to? Name four personally. Two of those journalists testified. When one of them's testifying, while, while Democrats are asking who his sources are, the FBI's knocking on his door. And now we learn that here in the last month, now we learn that the FBI was looking to put informants and develop sources in churches where you go to talk to your pastor, to your priest, looking to do that. So if you are of the Catholic tradition, no hate, no hate, love, love. I have dear, dear Catholics in my family. My wife and I are more raised in the non-denominational uh, Baptist tradition. That's where I come from. But nothing but love for my Catholic brothers and sisters. But uh, let me ask you something. When you go to confession, you ever think that maybe you're the person on the other side of that booth might be giving the, the information that you're confessing to the government. You ever thought about that? Confession is, of course, a tradition in the Catholic Church. It is a sacrament. It is important. Again, no hate. Nothing but love for me, for my Christian brothers and sisters all around the world. But when you walk into that confessional booth and you sit down and, and the Catholic liturgy demands that you confess your sins, that priest, you know, the government is putting microphones in there? Metaphorically or maybe physically?
do you realize like at, at what point do you do you sort of like take a step back and wonder if you're living under the antichrist government already what kind of bastardization is this meanwhile our cities are being burned down our children are being gunned down by an actual terrorist movement an ideology that thinks they're god and the government protects them it is the anti-christian ideology it is anti-christian period on its face full stop we have another mass shooter yesterday my heart goes out to the people in louisville i've been to louisville love that city ain't nothing wrong with it i love kentucky did my bachelor party in louisville it's a great city rad city louisville there was a horrific bank shooting yesterday guy used pronouns he him that was a leftist this guy was not a uh, Donald Trump supporter, not according to his friends, according to the, the news. I'm not trying to like put blood libel on people. But I am trying to say that there is a mental illness problem in this country masquerading as a spiritual problem. My my heart, my whole heart goes out to the people who lost their lives. I believe there were four individuals who lost their, lost their lives. And once more, there's a cop a cop who had just graduated who actually saved these individuals. And we, we deeply honor and respect that man's work. Protect our police, protect our cops, protect our children and their minds from this mush. You're not going to get the fulfillment that you want if you believe the lie that you are God and you can change reality around you. There is a God and all creation speaks to his design. So don't fight it. The FBI is certainly fighting Christian orthodoxy. Josh Hawley, a spectacular Christian in Congress, the Senate from the state of Missouri, going directly at this question of targeting parents and Christians. Whew, whew, this is a hot tamale, watch. The FBI field office in Richmond on the 23rd of January of this year issued a memorandum in which they advocated for, and I quote, the exploration of new avenues for tripwire and source development against traditionalist Catholics, it's their, their language, including those who favor the Latin Mass. Attorney General, are you cultivating sources and spies in Latin Mass parishes and other Catholic parishes around the country? Well, the Justice Department does not do that. It does not um, um, do investigations based on religion. I saw the document you have. What did it's you do about appalling. it? It's appalling. I'm in complete agreement with you. I understand that the FBI has withdrawn it and is now looking into how this could ever have happened. How did it happen? That's what they're looking into. But I'm totally in agreement with you. That document is appalling. I'll tell you how it happened. The, this memorandum, which is supposed to be intelligent, cites extensively the Southern Poverty Law Center, which goes on to identify all of these different Catholics as being part of hate groups. Is, is this how the FBI, under your direction and leadership, is, is this how they do their intelligence work? They look, they look at left-wing advocacy groups to target Catholics? Is this what's going on? I mean, clearly it is. How is this happening? The FBI is not targeting Catholics. And, and as I've said, this is an, uh, an inappropriate memorandum, and it doesn't reflect the methods that the FBI is supposed to be using. Now it's inappropriate. I mean, I have, I, it's in, I ruled that it's inappropriate. And then the, the fake gavel I got because I'm not on the Supreme Court. Because even somebody who is a Galapagos turtle with the nose of a tortoise, Mitch McConnell, was able to sniff me out as a vicious extremist radical. I'm Merrick Garland. It's inappropriate. Okay, well then who's been fired, pal? Hey, buddy, whose head's rolled? Where's the accountability? This Merrick Garland straight up admitting that this is true. They're snooping in and sniffing through your churches now. It's Antichrist stuff. It's Antichrist stuff. How serious are they about going after our movement, our culture? Well, okay, so it used to be their culture. Let me explain that to you. It used to be that there were three networks on TV. There were a couple major papers, and they could essentially project culture through Hollywood and then back it up with media. And then that created a cocoon where they could really like morph and mold any person that they wanted. The, the internet broke that. 
Shows like this continue to break that, and we have now become the media, and they've lost control. Americans are able to talk, they're able to tweet, and they're able to communicate. So what do they end up doing? Now that we're creating our own culture, creating our own slang, creating our own verbiage, nobody's going to go see Disney movies anymore. Nobody gives a damn what's broadcast on TV. They've lost that power. Well, now they're going to come after our culture that we've created. So now it's going to be flipped. If they can't control it, they'll destroy it. Check this out. FBI, internet slang like based and red pill associated with extremism. An FBI document obtained by the Heritage Foundation through the Freedom of Information Act request shows the Bureau associating a wide variety of internet slang with extremism. Words like based and chad. Huh? Based and chad? I use those words like twice a show. Well, I want to make a whole show called Based with Benny. It's like the next project we're working on here, where it's going to be like a long-form interview show with your questions and your comments in, in integrated into it. It's awesome. We're piloting it right now. Get ready. We love you, and we're going to be bringing you so many more new and exciting products. It's great. We truly do love all of you. The glossary of terms can be found in a document about incels or involuntary celibates racially or ethnically motivated for violent extremism. So if you say the word based, red pill, or chad, you're on the terrorist watch list. Somebody who's never been uh, converted uh, to an ideology based per FBI is used by radical extremism and extremists. Red pill, according to the document, means someone has adopted racist or anti-Semitic fascist beliefs. This is what the uh, FBI believes. I mean, hot damn. Hot damn, ladies and gentlemen. Do you feel entrapped? Do you feel as though the things that give you value in life, like, for instance, peacefully protesting, petitioning your government? Do you feel like those things are now officially, like, those, those things are now officially verboten? Speaking freely? Coming after terms and sayings and slang? There's, only, there's one person in America, one reporter in America, who has cracked the case from day one on all of this. And who knows the integration of the federal government and their abomination of our first rights. That woman's name is Julie Kelly. She has done the best reporting in this country on the violations of our civil liberties. A lot of it stemming from January 6th. And we have some bombshells for this show. Julie Kelly joins the program now. Julie, thank you so much for being on the program. 40 undercover agents? What? I'm just going to start right now. I'm high energy this morning. The hell? You have come on the program. You've been a friend of the show. We thank you for that. You've always told me there were undercover agents. From the first interview we did all the way through, you said there were undercover agents. And now you have been vindicated. Well, Benny, thank you so much for covering my work on this from the very beginning when a lot of people wouldn't touch this issue. And of course, for your kind words right now, um, look, 40 just scratches the surface. But what you're talking about is a motion that was filed in the Proud Boy Seditious Conspiracy trial last week by one of the defense attorneys. What's happening, Benny, is the government has withheld, this DOJ has withheld this evidence related to undercover agents and informants for months. Uh, from this defense team, but it's slowly trickling out even in other cases. And that's where this came from. Um, there were multiple undercover DC Metro police officers who Benny, at least one of them was chanting, keep going, keep going, push, push, encouraging people to go towards the Capitol. He had other undercover agents with him who were shouting, stop, um, whose house, our house, USA, they were acting like Trump supporters and they were moving with the crowd uh, towards this restricted area and um, towards the building itself. What this defense motion also addresses is the possibility of undercover agents or informants who are working for the Department of Homeland Security. The role of that agency has really been kept under wraps, Benny, particularly, believe it or not, Secret Service officials, including top leadership, whose um, text messages just magically disappeared after January 6th uh, when Joe Biden uh, took over, uh, you know, the executive branch. So this is just the slow drip of information that 40 doesn't even cover it. It's probably at least 10 times, maybe, who knows, 100 times that. 
And this would involve numerous law enforcement intelligence agencies who had these assets uh, embedded uh, in the crowd that day. So, I mean, there were so many glowies in this audience. You could see them from space at night. But the question I suppose I have is when you have this footage that you just referenced, and we're loading it up right now because I'd like for the viewers to see it. Okay. But you, we have this footage that you just referenced. At, at what point is this an entrapment case? At what point does all of this get in, dismissed? Because now we have on tape officers of the government encouraging people to act criminally and half the majority of these people are locked up for trespassing, right? So they're encouraging them to trespass and break the laws. And that's just entrapment. That's right. And a few defendants, Benny, actually have filed motions recently um, trying to use this defense, this entrapment defense. Of course, as you know, I covered the Whitmer Fednapping hoax, that trial as well where those four defendants, the lawyers representing those four original defendants, very successfully convinced a jury last year that the FBI had entrapped these men. Two of them were acquitted. Two of them had a hung jury. Now, Benny, this is the same FBI. This is at the same time in 2020. The Christopher Ray's FBI is running informants into the Proud Boys, into the Oath Keepers, possibly the three percenters, the so-called militia groups. Um, so this, again, this just scratches the surface of who was involved in what this FBI and other agencies did. Capitol Police had undercover um, agents. Uh, Park Police had undercover agents. Now we know DC Metro did, DHS possibly. Benny, get this. The acting attorney, acting US attorney for the District of Columbia, Michael Sherwin, also was walking around in street clothes with the crowd that day, uh, talking to cops, walking with the crowd from the ellipse to the Capitol. I mean, he's basically acting as an undercover agent and he's a U.S. prosecutor. So that's the kind of surveillance that was going on, which, Benny, for most people raises a question. If you had all of these uniform and undercover agents and informants, why didn't they stop the insurrection? Mm. Had, the place was crawling, mm. as you said, with glowies and uniform law enforcement. Why did they do anything? That's the biggest question, unanswered question of all. I, uh, you know, it's gallows humor, but, and I believe this video came from your Twitter feed, which everyone must follow Julie Kelly on Twitter. It is probably my number one requirement. You must follow Julie Kelly on Twitter. You'd be in the top three most important accounts to follow. This footage yeah. is of uh, uniformed police officers stopping plainclothes police officers, and they have like a, the, the Spider-Man meme where they're all pointing at each other and they're all Spider-Man. But there's a, there's a line there where they're all like, we're all armed. Right. And so the armed insurrection, as far as I can tell, the only armed individuals were all of the cops That's who right. were armed throughout this riot that they helped instigate, That's right. thus making it far more dangerous it, 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 I mean, again, it, we're living in a, it's, it's clown world, but the armed insurrectionists were indeed these uniformed and ununiformed police officers and federal agents. That's such a great point, Benny, because here, the DC Metro police who was stopping these five individuals and just saying, Hey guys, are you armed? You know, he's thinking that they're Trump supporters because yes. that's how they're portraying themselves. So he stops them. Hey, are you guys armed? Yeah, we're all packing heat. Oh, you are? Well, we, well, we're all agents. Now, I think these also are D.C. Metro, so they're kind of stopping their own agents. It's hard <laughs> to really get a read on what their badges were, but they are the guys who are armed. Benny, as I, as you and I have talked about, the only person who carried and used a gun inside the Capitol on January 6th was Michael Burt, the Capitol Police officer who executed Ashley Babbitt that afternoon. Um, so the fact that you have all of these agents Government assets paid for by American taxpayers. This is why we can't see the video. This is why we don't know who the pipe bomber is. This is why Nancy Pelosi has not issued, uh, had to produce one document to the January 6th committee. That's why all of the documents from Capitol Police are, not, are also under wraps. All of the internal reports from D.C. Metro Police, anything related to police misconduct, those are all under wraps. This is a total cover-up for this inside job that was January 6th. And thank God for these brave men who did not accept plea deals, who are putting their lives on the line to go to trial, but for the bravery and the, mm -hmm. courage, the courage of these men who are standing trial in a city, uh, you know, who's 93% Democrats make up this, these juries. 
But for them, we would never have any of these evidence. So we really need to, you know, send our best, our, our blessings to them, our prayers to them, because their lives are being destroyed in pursuit of the truth. You you cover some of the darkest, blackest stuff in America, but you always seem cheerful, uh, Julie. And, and and you and I have never met in person. I really hope that that happens soon. And I I, I like. I, I love the fact that you always bring an energy that is of positivity. Can you can you give me a silver lining in all of this? Uh, because a lot of people do get depressed and blackpilled. Oh, God, I just used black pill or red pill. No, now I'm on an extremist list like they get. They see news like that that we just covered. They see the FBI integrating like spying on their own churches, spying on their own communion and spying on their confession. And they start to get blackpilled. Can you give me a silver lining here? I will. I'll tell you, Benny, I am always motivated and remain hopeful at how these defendants and their families, um, you know, believe in God. They believe in this country. They believe in goodness and truth. I've watched these prosecutors and these judges and these agents. And if you really believe um, that good will prevail over evil, and these people are evil for the most part, um, then you have to shed the light, right? And so I'm just motivated by what these people are going through. Um, I'm infuriated and probably more motivated by what I see this government doing to innocent people. Um, but, you know, it, it's, and, and I'm grateful to people like you for covering my work. But for people like you, you know, as I said, a lot of people wouldn't touch this. So the left is fully exposed now, right? We know what they're about, whether it's the transgenderism, the FBI, what's happening with January 6th, what happened with Whitmer. Um, the truth is out there. And we just now have to force our elected officials to the degree that we can to finally act, because in my opinion, they're still very flat footed on this. Yes, uh, that that is that leads into my final question, if I may. Uh, let's say you were brought onto an advisory board, a presidential advisory board for the next uh, Republican president, somebody who actually cared about this and was willing to make real change. What would you advise them? Um, I would advise them to uh, encourage Congress to start impeaching a few federal judges. Congress is way overdue doing that. These are the real villains uh, in this whole process. I would start indicting people for conspiracy. Um, this includes prosecutors who are withholding evidence from the mm. courts, denying the due process rights of defendants. I mean, I would encourage, it, if we get a Republican president and one who actually will do this, um, it is time to really fully expose the rot, the corruption, and the criminality, especially in this Department of Justice, the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office, the FBI Washington Field Office. They are all in cahoots. Uh, and it's time for people finally to pay a legal price for what they've done to this country and to these people uh, specifically. Yeah. I, you know, like as a child of the Cold War, I, I I didn't get my city nuked because, well, there was mutually assured destruction. There was a nuclear deterrent. And one side nuking the other side when we have nuclear weapons of our own and we never launch them. Mm -hmm. It does seem as though they're, the nuclear deterrent keeps us peaceful. It actually prevents war if you are scared of what the other side will do. So it prevents war. And so Republicans need to understand that principle quickly. Uh, uh, and thank you for helping them understand. Uh, Julie, we have, I believe, your Twitter account up here. I encourage everyone to follow. We'll pop it up. Where else can they follow your work? All my work can be found at American Greatness, amgreatness.com. Uh, and I do have a book out that was released last year, as you and I talked about, uh, about January 6th, how Democrats use the Capitol protest to launch a war on terror against the political right. Wow, is that happening even faster than I could have Im imagined? Uh, but my book is also available at um, Amazon. Okay, fantastic. Here's the link to your, uh, to your articles there, your byline at American Greatness, a must read. A patriot. Thank you, Julie Kelly, for joining the program. Thank you, Benny, so much. Well, how are you going to combat Julie Kelly and her reporting? How are you going to do it? She's one of the best out there. How are you going to combat Tucker Carlson? How are you going to combat, you know, shows like ours and movements like ours? Well, Joe Biden is hiring influencers, ladies and gentlemen, an army of influencers for the 2024 race. Oh boy. Oh my. 
This certainly needs to be the cringe alert for our show. Every single show, we have a cringe alert. We're going to start breaking up the show into, when we get a more regular news cycle, breaking up the show into segments here. This segment is called the nuclear cringe alert for our show. Uh, Be advised, I'm about to show you the individuals that Joe Biden is counting on winning the presidency for him in 2024. tell you something gen z is going to make sure there's a blue wave in 2024 republicans have no policy to help young people they're literally trying to take away our rights they are and harry myself and millions of other gen zers have a message to send and i promise you republicans mess with the wrong generation let's go (coughs) Okay. okay kid hey kid um, have you ever paid taxes? Hey, hey, kid, are you recording that in your parents' basement? Is there a bowl of Cheerios, some goldfish in a little in a little baggie next to you? These people, they're going to they're going to bring on guys like like cringe people like that. I say I welcome it. Open the floodgates. Wa- let it wash over me. It will mean content for your boy. More Dylan Mulvaney. That helps out my cause, please. That helps me out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, more of it. A very important moment, uh, I suppose. And we try as hard as we can to end on on brightness and goodness here. Republicans forced Joe Biden into ending the COVID emergency yesterday. Got very little attention, but it happened. It's worth noting. This doesn't make Joe Biden a good person. It doesn't mean you are a good person because you voted for a Republican Congress. You voted to have a bulwark of common sense Republicans in the Senate. Good for you. Let's do more of that. There's a historically good map for Republican senators this upcoming election. Five possible pickups for Republican senators this coming election. You wonder why they want to put Donald Trump in jail. You wonder why? Because Donald Trump brings people the hell out. He does. They are scared to death. Five Republican sen- five new Republican senators. Holy cannoli. So they're scared, they're radical, they're insane. They got to do something. Joe Biden uh, uh, signed the GOP-led bill that said COVID is officially over in this country. In the United States and after uh, three years since COVID-19 hit this country, more than three years, we just got this notice from the White House. I'm just going to hold it up. It says uh, on Monday, April 10th, 2023, the president signed into law House Joint Resolution 7, which terminates the national emergency related to the COVID-19 pandemic. Right. This was a move by Senate Republicans and House Republicans to force him to end this. And while the president uh, did not actually want to do this, according to White House officials, ultimately, he did not veto it. He gave in and signed it. So just like that, the COVID emergency is officially. Okay, so I have a personal opinion as to why this happened with Joe Biden. He never has to wear a mask again. Masks prevent sniffing. Come with me here on this thought process. Masks prevent Joe Biden from shoving his syphilitic old disease dandruffy nose straight into the maw of some kid. Dalai Lama style. Suck my tongue. You know, I, that that's what I think. I think that Joe Biden was eventually convinced, Mr. Mr. Double, triple masky Joe Biden, he was convinced to not do it because of the children and not in, the, not in a good way. So that's my thoughts. Please, if you like our show, subscribe. Subscribe to our podcast. It really helps us out. It's called The Benny Show. It's on all podcasts where all podcasts are available. Subscribe to the channel that you're watching on right now. Click like, comment on the video. We're creating a movement here. We are going to be launching the Benny Battalion quite soon. We're going to be launching an an actual Benny Battalion. It's going to have sweet swag. It's going to have uh, some military kickers. It's going to be super dope. Okay, we've been we've, we have some some advisors on this. We have great products coming in your direction because we're going to invest in this community. We're going to invest in this country and we're going to save this place. We're going to save it by focusing on the right thing. We're going to focus our attention whew, not on the insanity of this current 
mortal world, we're going to focus our attention, of course, on the great beyond, the true truth, the actual truth, something that was here before the world itself, ladies and gentlemen. And that's why every single show, we have the verse of the day. This verse from John 6.35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Do you feel as though today you are thirsty? I don't mean that like, you know, like a like a rap video, but do you feel do you feel thirsty for justice? Do you feel a little parched for a country that makes sense? What the hell has happened to this place? Well, I mean, quite frankly, we've lost our focus. We've lost our ability to be a moral society and to have the institutions that bind us together, like our church, like our family, like our favorite beer companies. Yes, those things are important. Yes, the stories we tell ourselves are important. Yes, Hollywood collapsing and being unable to tell a story that unites America. That's important. Destroying our Lord, destroying the things that like matter, that hold a society together. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, we value those things and we value above all our connection to God, family, country. That's what we focus on on this show. That's our guiding light. That's our North Star. And if you kick it with Jesus, well, you're not going to be disappointed. Nor will you be hungry and thirsty, ladies and gentlemen. Thirsting for justice Whew. and saving America. That's what we do on this program. We certainly care about you. And we'll be back tomorrow. My name's Benny. This is The Benny Show. See ya.